This episode is brought to you by freedadcourse.com. You are always one conversation away from changing your life, and the power of hello is something that I subscribe to every single day, and I'm always saying hello to new people everywhere I go. Increasing your opportunity, increasing your connection, and getting access to the solutions to the problems that you are facing, whether you're on active duty or just beginning your veteran transition or even transitioning out for 20 years. On the other side of hello are the solutions that you're looking for. Again, head on over to freedadcourse.com. Get your five-episode audio course to create more connection, create more friendships, and get back to living the life that you're trying to design. Dory 1, this is Fire Team Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Welcome back to Military Veteran Dad, episode 63. <clears throat> My voice is a little bit shot. I just got back yesterday from Dad 2.0 Summit. I'll do an episode on Friday about what I learned, what the experience was like. My voice sounds a little bit weird. It's coming back from a place where my voice was being exercised a lot. Let's dive into it. Today's episode with Shastin, he is just a regular guy living as a husband and dad dream while chasing the dream of entrepreneurship so he can have more time for his wife and, and two kids. He was born and raised in Spring, Texas, a neighborhood of North, Houston, north of Houston, Texas. He joined the army in 2010 senior year of high school to try to get a head start in life and to go against the status quo of college. After three years of service on foot on Fort Hood, after finding his dream wife, Shaston moved back to Houston, Texas to try to start that new dream, entrepreneurship. He started his first business in 2014, a landscaping company, but shut it down to go to college full time. It was at San San Suanito College that he discovered his entrepreneurship entrepreneurial niche, digital creation. This led to the launch of his blog, noahguyblog.com. After working for Olympus, his, his love for digital grew into a love for software. Ultimately, that love led to a transition into the software industry where he continues to use his customer service and relationship building skills. The ultimate dream is to write full-time and to start his own software product that serves restaurants and their veteran first responding community customers. Today's episode with him does not disappoint and without further ado, let's get started, and I will talk to you again on Friday. Welcome to the show, Shaston. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Our friendship is just getting started here, and I'm trying to. We, we connected on LinkedIn, correct? Is where yes. we first met. Yeah. Um, yes. I always like in the in the random places of the internet where two friends can come together that never knew each other, and then something grows and. And it's, that's the magic of living in 2020, that two random electrons can collide and something can grow from it. Yes, absolutely. Yep. That's not the first time I've had, I've built a friendship through LinkedIn too. I can tell you that later as well. I've had two, a friend, uh, we met between two comments. And the funny uh -huh. part was it was about a Netflix series, the com uh, Comedian in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. We had both <laughs> seen the episode with Kramer. And I was referencing it in a comment about something that someone said. And then he replied and said, hey, I saw the same show just last night. And I was like, whoa. And we've been friends. I was like almost two years ago. And we've been friends on LinkedIn ever since. Never met him. He lives in Atlanta. But I consider him within my close circle. We check up on each other. And 
that's the best part of being in this age because you're always one friend away from somewhere, something amazing come in your life and you just got to keep talking and it'll keep happening. I got into cycling because of a friend that I met through LinkedIn. He, he started <laughs> a, a veteran or a nonprofit helping veterans get into cycling and fitness. So, yeah. How long ago was that? Uh, 2015. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Well, and go ahead and unpack a little bit about what your family looks like right now and what, mm-hmm. what's your life been like since uh, leaving the army. And if there's maybe even a favorite story from the army, you can go ahead and share that as well. Go ahead and just kind of unpack who Shaston is. Yes. So I am uh, I am a husband uh, married to my awesome wife seven years in June. Uh, June 22nd will be our seventh anniversary. Um, I have two kiddos, a daughter. She's three. Her name is Becca. And I have a son, uh, Bo. He's 10 months. Um, you know, uh, the journey to become a, a husband and a father it was um, was a dream of mine since I was I'm probably about ten years old. I remember thinking, man, I just I want to be a husband. I want to be a father. And when I when that day comes, I'm going to be a good husband, and I'm going to be a good father because my parents uh, got divorced when I was six months old, and my dad wasn't in the picture until I was about four. Um, and then he was around. Um, he was around, but not not a lot. Um, and so it, it kind of, it, it damaged me, you know? And, um, so I, 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 that's something that I wanted so bad. And, um, I put that ahead of everything, you know, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, I, I feel like in our world today, especially in 2020, it's career first and then family, or if, even if, if you even want a family, you know, it's usually um, career kids and then even marriage is the more common one. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm in a, it's a very interesting journey when you're able to have a family first and then dive into the other part of your life, you know? Uh, and that's, that's where I am right now. Um, you know, I, a, a cool story from the army is, um, is actually uh, related to my marriage. The week that I met the, I met my wife on christianmingle.com. And we were chit-chatting back and forth. Um, and the week that we actually like went on our first date, I had LASIK eye surgery. And um, they said, oh, you get, you know, stay in your barracks room for, you know, I don't know, four or five days, whatever it was. <laughs> and my crazy butt drove to, uh, to Waco to see my wife. We were, you know, just starting the day at the time. And uh, this was in 2012. And summer of 2012. And so I drive to Waco and spend pretty much spend the week up there with her. And my, uh, somehow my squad leader found out that I was leaving base. He's like, Hey, McNasby, you need to stay in your room, go to chow and go back to your room. Or if, you know, if there's church service, you can go to church. <laughs> I was like, oh, Roger that, Sergeant. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, I was in Waco the last two days. <laughs> uh, that was probably the, probably the best week of my life while I was while I was serving because it just um, just it was the beginning of uh, of my mar- beginning of my life with my wife, and it just it really means a lot to me because we we uh, we built we built a lot we built a lot of memories just in that one week. Um, so it was it was really cool. 
Um, Were the Magnolias taking over Waco at the time yet? Oh, I don't even know. I don't think so. I don't, I think that was. Can you imagine the memories in the, in the Magnolia transformation today of all the cute little muffin shops and. I don't even think they were there yet because we would have, we, we definitely would have went and cause like we, we would have went and checked it out. The highlight of Waco then was the Jacob's ladder in one of the parks up there. <laughs> like that was, that was wake or they have, they have like, no, I don't think, no, it wasn't a thing then. No. Yeah. Have you guys me. been back? Yeah. We went to Magnolia. Uh, I guess uh, over a year now we went to the Magnolia market. Um, but that we haven't been back a lot since then. I would um, almost like think you guys have like some yearly tradition of getting a bread and breakfast and just making new memories or making more kids. We should, we should do that. We, we go to, we go to, um, we go to central Texas a lot. Um, I think we both miss central Texas. Isn't Waco in somewhere near central Texas or is my geography horrible? It is. It is definitely in central Texas. Uh, but we like, I think we prefer like the Austin, New Braunfels area. Um, it's just, I don't, um, especially Austin. There's a lot to do around Austin. We yeah, I've heard about that. I've only flew into Austin because I had to fly into Austin to drive down to San Antonio because the flight in San Antonio was too expensive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, San Antonio is a fun place to go. Yeah, we do a lot of San, we've done a lot of San Antonio trips in Austin area, New Braunfels area trips. Most definitely. I'm, I'm the crazy one in the marriage. Well, I will. So recently we went to the Bluebell ice cream factory, which is an hour from Houston. And I was like, Oh, let's go to Canyon Lake, which is outside of Austin. So we drive four hours to Canyon Lake. Canyon Lake was closed. Couldn't get into Canyon Lake. So then like, okay, let's go to Austin. Went to Austin, got home like at two in the morning. <laughs> Building memories. That's, that's uh yeah. Is your wife used to it or is there some level of irritation you have to deal with when you get crazy like that? Oh yeah. It's yeah. She gets irritated, but she loves me and she, yeah, she's come to expect it. Like, Oh, okay. <laughs> she'd and she's not something wrong. If we, we'd gone a few months without something crazy. Yes, absolutely. And she, you know, she's, I'm the one driving, you know, so. <laughs> so did you have kids when, no, because your oldest is three years old. So you didn't have kids when you were serving. No, we, uh, we had, Becca was born in 2000, the uh, June of 2016. Um, so I was still, in, I was still in college. I was going to college full time. Um, yeah. And then Bo was born this past March. We, did you, did you get out? Did you get married when you were serving? Yes, we got married uh, June of 2013. And then shortly after I got out in November of 2013. Yeah. Uh, so not too much crossover. No, no. Um, that was a fun summer though, because we had, my wife's a teacher. And so she had that entire summer off. Um, so that was neat. So you keep using the word fun. Is that just because you kept doing different adventures that summer? What did we do? Um, I think it's just cause we had, we just had the time together. We definitely, um, there's, uh, the lake, right outside of right, right on Fort hood is called belt and Lake. Um, and then, um, so we, you know, went on, went there and then also we went to Austin and just talked about Austin. We took trips to Austin, um, and new Braunfels and stuff like that. Um, but just the, uh, just the convenience of, you know, 
you know, living in the barracks and then all of a sudden you get to live, you have your own privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, she was off, you know, not working that summer. So we had a lot of time together and just, um, it was neat having, um, having her, uh, having the flexibility. So if, so let's maybe dive into a question here. When you mm-hmm. were not, when you, before you had kids, and mm-hmm. you were working school and different things in what ways or what was your routine like when you um, came home so that you could kind of separate it but also like be there for your wife because um, teaching isn't easy because my wife's a teacher as well so I know that that's a, uh, a special place even just for husbands to be able to to work through everything that uh, their spouses bring home what what was like coming home like for you um, before you had kids into your marriage uh man uh before kids um it was i think it i don't know busy busy um yeah i think i think we're our marriage is better now um just because of the time but i think kids make you better you know like if you, you let them, you can either let them destroy you or you can let them guide you into a better way. Yes, absolutely. I think, um, I think before kids, we had a routine, you know, come home, cook dinner. We watched a lot of uh, TV together and kind of just relax. Now it's, there's, there's a more of a routine um, where I cut, I, you know, she comes home first. I come home and I help with the kid and kind of distract, let her do her thing with, with dinner and kind of distract the kids while she does dinner. And then we just hang out together. Um, that's a weird question because we were all over the place before kids. Uh, I was, I was in school. And so like there was a lot of um, late night studying and um, we also did, had a lot of free time to go do whatever um it's a lot of eating out um but now it's trying to spend as much time with the kiddos uh, when i get home you know whether that's legos or watching frozen on the tv we set up a we set up a game room and like my poor son he's 10 months he did he couldn't put up a fight we, we basically made his room a game a game room put the playstation and the tv in his room to have like a little entertainment room for the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so now I would say now it's more family centric cause we don't have a TV um, sitting in our living room. Um, I don't know. Now things are better. Things are better now that we have kids. Um, so let me ask you a follow up question. What if you sure. could take one sticky note with you in the past and give uh-huh. Shaston one piece of advice, maybe let's do two pieces of sticky notes. One to the Shaston that's married without kids, but maybe busy and um, going through the motions maybe. What piece of advice would you would you want to leave for Shaston to maybe focus on? Um, don't, be in, don't, don't be in such a hurry. Slow down. Um, and focus on, I don't know, this is sappy, focus on your wife's love language and try to 
uh, focus on your wife's love language and try to, to try to focus on that every day because it makes a huge difference. I like that. There's nothing sappy about that. You're talking to the guy that cries and not necessarily, I don't know if I cry in Frozen, but I cry in the movie Elf when the sleigh goes flying over the crowd at the end. I'm, I'm a big, uh, it's too emotional to hold in that joy. So that nice. one balls me apart all the time. So there's no sappiness on the Military Veteran Dad podcast, at least with me being the host because I cry okay. over happy endings all the time. Nice. I like that piece of advice because there's um, an episode we had earlier in the last year and his piece of advice was always kiss your wife first when you get home to remind her that she's more important. And even to show it to your kids that like, I love you, but I love my wife more. Yes. Yes. And it's even more important when you do have kids because you can get distracted. You can focus more on the kids than you do your own wife. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to find that, that balance. You know, yeah. Let's do a second sticky note. What would you send back to Shaston on the first day of being a dad? Oh man, um, time. Um, time is love. Um, you know, put down the PlayStation, put down the Netflix, and just it doesn't even matter what what your kids doing just sit there with them you know that's what i do it's so funny i'll tell my wife now i'm like i feel like i'm a better dad to my to my son as a baby than i was to my daughter as a baby because you know you just you get better with experience mm-hmm. and so now with my son as a baby i'll just sit there and watch him play you know i don't feel like i don't i don't feel like um, I was the same quality dad as with my first, with my first kiddo. I think there, uh, there's something about being a dad for the first one. You're almost scared away. Not like you're scared of your child, but you're almost scared that you have to keep going so that you can keep providing Yeah, because you have this realization yeah. that this per, this human being relies on me to be successful. And yeah. I think there's like more of a drive to, just be successful and to be able to create a safe space for her to grow up in. And yeah. by the second one, you kind of realize that it's not that hard to keep all that yeah. going. And then if you have a third one, it'll be even easier because you just keep uh, the variety bike. You just keep going. Yeah. And I feel like when with my, with our daughter, I was like, I don't know what to do with the baby. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's they're they're, you know, they're a blob. They're a tiny blob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not a, they're not they're not a tiny person yet and so like i just remember thinking man i can't wait till she can start talking that way i can have a conversation with her and someone said oh don't say that because once they start talking you can't shut them up <laughs> i was mm-hmm. like well i well then when she started talking i was like oh yes finally because then i could take her out and to coffee shops take her out on dates and just have that one-on-one time with her um but now with my son it's a different dynamic because I had that experience with my daughter as a baby. So like, okay, Shasson, just slow down and enjoy this time because once they're out of this phase, they're out of this phase, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So let's maybe fast forward. You had talked about when we were, before we hit record about talking about reading rich dad, poor dad and growing up in a Dave Ramsey family. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about the, McNaspy legacy. Have you ever thought of like the ideas of legacy and business and 
creating wealth and passing it on. Absolutely. That is my, um, that is something that I'm so passionate about. It, my dream is to start my own software company, my own, my own software product that I can one day, um, pass down to my family. Um, I, I really feel like, you know, transitioning into software, you know, I had this idea in my head, Oh, it's all, it's all rainbows and, and fun. Um, there's a lot of tech companies that, um, they're, you know, it's just, it's just about the money. It's not about the people. It seems like, um, what I want to do is I want to create a, a company that's different, that it's, it's about the people. Obviously you want to start a business, you want to be profitable. Um, but I want to create a company that is focused on the people and creating a place where people love, love to be there. And I want to create something that my family wants to carry on. Um, and it's a product that will serve small businesses, but also the veteran and first responder community. Um, and I, I, on top of that, I, I want to create, I want to create wealth from that, uh, among other things to, to, to develop more time for my family. Cause that's, I feel like that's the most important thing on this planet is having that time to, you know, you know what, let's go do this. Let's go do this. Let's stop to have the, the ability to, to prioritize your family over, um, overwork, you know, cause we're only here for so long. Um, and so the more memories that I can have with them, the, the better. And so that's what I'm trying to build. I'm trying to build something to where, um, I have the ability to walk away for a few months and, say, and it, it, it can run by itself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yes, absolutely. And, and that's something that I want to teach my kids is that, Hey, you know, um, money is a tool. You know, and so if you develop your mind and you develop the knowledge, one day you can use that tool to um, to have freedom, you know, because, you know, you don't want to work a nine to five forever. One day you want to be able to step away and have have the freedom um, mm-hmm. with your with your family, you know, because that's it's, it's, it's our treasure. So. And the problem is we're part of a generation where our parents were told and still are under the belief that you have to put in your time. And when you retire, that's your freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's the process. And there's um, a lot of talk from parents where they'll think you're nuts for talking the way you are, or just thinking that you could quit a, such a secure job. And be in, and there's such a, a missing language that parents often miss that your parents want you to be safe and they'll take, they'll encourage you to, to stay safe by doing the safe things. But as millennials and as the next generation grows, like being safe is the last thing that actually equals happiness in 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful because I had a, a biological father that um, taught me about entrepreneurship. And then my stepdad also taught me um, entrepreneurship and just the value of being able to work for yourself. Um, and so that's something that I will continue to, I will continue to chase for the rest of my life. You know, it's just something that was instilled in me and uh, something I'm super passionate about. And I hope, I hope that um, my, at least one of my kids pick it up. Um, I, I, hopefully both of them, 
Um, you know, my, my wife's an Aggie and, um, and so of course, um, if the kid, if the kids go to A&M, that's a dream come true. Uh, but I, I tease her. I was like, you know what, babe, they might be a Shastin and they, jo- they might join the military or they might, they might go like, you know, they might go the, the, uh, against the status quo, you know? And so like, uh, in the back of my head, I'm like, come on, one, at least one of you, at least one of you do it. If one of you want to go to college, I have the Hazelwood act for you. It's the, it's a Texas, Texas benefit for, veteran kids um but come on work with me here (laughs) yeah and you're talking about something there and also along the lines of legacy uh, about being able to teach your kids tools to be able to create something well beyond your life and a business can exist without you being here Mm -hmm. what are some of the ideas that you have in your head for incorporating entrepreneurship in their life as they grow up i know your kids are still young but i'm sure your brain's been spinning since the moment they became breathing on this earth yes so my um so i um my investment journey started right before my daughter was born so i started dabbling in the stock market right before my daughter was born so that's one thing that i'm already starting to teach my daughter um without her even knowing it we started i started an acorns it's a robo investment uh app um, the summer she was born and I've steadily grown that. And then recently, a few months ago, I started, um, a, an account for the both, for the two of them. Um, and my hope is to put, you know, as we save for them, put that money in, into it's an ETF account. So put the money in the ETF account. And so as they get older, they know about this account and they know about this account and they understand, um, the they understand the power of interest. Um, and so by the time they're 18 years old, you know, um, they already have something and they can, they can help grow, you know, they can put money into, um, and cause when you have the, when you have the power to, um, you know, grow money like that, it, it really, it really opens up doors. And so for them to be, you know, even younger than 18, for them to be, you know, 10, 12, 15 years old and saying, Hey, I can put money in this account. And when I'm older, I can do this or this with it. You know, I feel like that's already teaching some entrepreneurship mm-hmm. principles because it's teaching them, Hey, I have the freedom to do things, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, that's one thing I'm trying to teach is just the, the um, freedom, financial freedom. So, do you and your wife speak the same money language? Um, I don't think so. I think um, my wife, my wife's a teacher and she loves, she loves, being a teacher and she's happy with that. And we've talked about like other avenues. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely the, um, um, what is it? What is the word? Um, uh, free thinker or the entrepreneurship uh, free spirit. in our marriage, free spirit. Yep. Um, she's the, she's the teacher. She's the, she's happy with the nine to five. She's also happy if I, if, uh, if um, you know the stock market um, blew up tomorrow, and we could, if I could quit my job, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and she could quit her job, she'd be happy with that too. So she'll tease me about that sometimes, like, "Hey, hurry up and make your 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 million so that I don't have to work." So um, that's the same uh, way for my wife. She's uh, 
a teacher and her heart's with the kids and she's in kindergarten and that's yes. just been like where her heart is. And, um, I don't know whether you've ever fathomed this, but I've thought about this a lot. So I consider like, I almost treat it like, um, cause we're very similar minded. I can already tell that I'm the free spirit. I'm the crazy one. I want to be a stay at home dad. And she's pretty much going to be a teacher and she would pretty much do it for free. Um, mm-hmm. so I kind of just converted it to a mathematical constant like pi it's always going to be 3.14. So I've got to figure out a way to work with this in my equation. It's never going to change. It's always going to be 3.14. So the closest I've come to kind of like freedom and crazy and dreaming is imagine working in a world where you're, you were in your business for nine months out of the year or essentially the school season and imagine taking off for three months and just not returning. Yes. School started like my perfect dream is just getting in a car flying around the world and not coming back till first week before August. Like that's yes. my perfect world. Sign me up for that. I would that. Yeah. And I like, I like what you said, your dream of being a stay at home dad. Um, I think you just put it in words, what I've been trying to like trying to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> like ha- having the freedom to just be around your kids more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause like the more, especially this age, this season is the one that everybody wants back. And my kids are seven, five, and three. So like these are the years where you are the hero. They want your time over and over. And there's it's just like there's a feeling that grows more and more every day that all I want to do is just be dad. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's the power of of you know different entrepreneurship channels, whether you're starting a business or you're um investing in the stock market, cryptocurrency, and a some people don't like like when people talk about cryptocurrency, but um I, I nerd out about it. But um you know just, just just different just different channels. If you're able to to grow your knowledge on you know the different avenues um and then put those into practice, you know, it the there's a lot of a lot of potential. Random crypto question for you. Have you ever heard of the bad crypto podcast? No. You need to you need to uh listen to it. I am blanking on the guy's name that hosts it but he it's named bad crypto because it started as a bad crypto podcast because he didn't know anything about it so he's kind of <laughs> episode like you can literally start episode one and grow with his education with him oh, and he's just got a very funny personality and i wish i could think of it it's um man don't tip my tongue he was one of the very first influencers that i found i don't remember how i found him just randomly and he just kind of a quirky guy, but the bad crypto podcast is right up your alley. I guarantee it. Absolutely. The The other thing I haven't had a chance to talk about is something that I've always been passionate about is writing. Um, and so that, that led to me starting my blog, uh, com, And it actually came from the name of my first business, um, my landscaping company. Uh, it was Noah Guy Curb Appeal. Um, and it's definitely a play on words, you know, do you know a guy? And so that led to um, when I realized that digital was my niche with business that led to the know a guy blog. Um, and so that's something that I'm combining business, but also writing. So I would love the freedom to be able to write full time, you know, having, having a business, having passive income, and then I can write full time, whether it's books, blogging, um, that kind of thing. So that's definitely, that's like two dreams in one right there. 
I enjoy the writing too. And I often wish I had more time for it. One thing I like about podcasting is you can get a message out and not have to commit to the, to the podcasting part. One of the exercises that I really liked, and I didn't really start in the beginning, but I did it recently was, uh, I would just go into the military dad Facebook group and I would just blog like 200 words, no picture, just words and flow. And it would just be there. And that really, like, I've really kind of coined the writing as like a muscle. And once Uh you start getting its strength and just putting in the, like you can start a blog or everyone should start a blog just to put in as it's like the gym for your brain. Yes. You get good at putting what you have inside your head and your heart to words. Like just therapy comes. I've said, like I always, my very first blog post when I was writing maybe like three or four years ago, I was always the first person that benefited from it because inside my head, I'd have 300 pieces of advice and they would all be fairly okay. But I would just overthink, overanalyze which one was the right one. But when you write, only one version can come out. Yep. And it's, when you, I remember reading them back and be like, well, that's damn good. I should really take my own advice because one <laughs> version came out and it was generally the version that I needed to hear. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Have you found a similar experience where you, it's just like being able to exercise that muscle? Yes, it's my, it's my creative outlet. Absolutely. Like I, I, I try to write at least a blog post once, once a month. I, really, I should be doing it once a week. Um, but even if I'm doing it consistently, whether it's once a month, once a week, I just feel so much better afterwards. Um, yeah. even, if it's, even if it's just getting a draft, like just starting a draft. Um, so I use squarespace.com. And so if I'm, if I'm just using, if I just start a title and save it, like, oh, I made progress. <laughs> like mm. it, it's it's saved and then I can come back to it and write some thoughts out and then eventually I'll finish it but like it just allows me to put put my ideas on paper and just um because otherwise I'll forget it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's it's the worst like if you have a dream or if you're driving and you have a good thought you're like oh I gotta write that down and then you forget it you're like oh crap <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. And I, I one thing that kind of I liked writing and blogging, but then it almost became like a chore for me. And then my mind would like avoid it because I'm like, oh, then I got to find a picture, then I got to proofread it, and then it's yeah, right, yeah. and then you got to share it. And it's just it it's yeah, awesome yeah. before I even started it. And that's what I liked about the posting in Facebook. Like, if you just really want to exercise the muscle without intent, like just put it into the Facebook universe or even on Medium.com. That's another easy way just yeah. to put something in the universe. Like yep. it's so much less stressful just to exercise it and just dump it and then hit post and just walk away from it. Yeah, There's so much just perspective you can gain when you, I've also even learned through uh, interviewing everyone on this podcast so far that there's the voice inside your head saying a lot of things about you that you don't agree with, but it keeps getting louder. Mm-hmm. And the moment you put words to it, you almost like immediately can read it and be like, well, that's fucking nuts. But mm-hmm. you can't do that when it's inside your head because you're almost questioning, is it true? Is it false? But once you read it, you're like, well, that's the stupidest thought I've ever had. Why would I think that? That must be dumb. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why journaling helps so much because you're labeling and describing what you're feeling. And then your brain can quickly read it back and it can interpret what it reads better than it can interpret the asshole inside your head. And <laughs> it just it easily cancels out that person a lot faster. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You're laughing because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. 
It is true. I try to journal. Um, uh, so in the morning, I do my uh, I do my Bible study, and I, I just feel like it's better um, if I journal. I use it as a as a prayer journal. And I just feel like if I'm when I'm able to write out my conversation with God, it's just it's just it's just better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try to make that my daily my daily process most definitely. So are two kids all you're going to have? Um, bio, um, bio, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't talk. Um, yes. So, um, recently had the, um, the snip snip. And I- so, <laughs> and so, um, we have, we are talking, we have talked about, um, adopting. Um, so not, not, con- not confirmed, but, we were when we realized that we were having a boy. We we're like, oh, the world is balanced. The universe mm-hmm. is balanced. Yeah. <laughs> but we we are considering um, considering adoption later on, though. Nice. So, yeah. I just feel like um, there's a huge opportunity, especially in any like being in Houston. Um, I feel like there's a huge opportunity to to help kids in this area. Um, and so if we have the opportunity and, um, the ability to help, we want to do that. Um, sometimes it, sometimes it bugs me. I try not to let it bug me, but you hear about all these organizations that are helping outside of the United States. Um, but then you're like, for me, I'm like, well, what about the kids that are here in your own backyard that are struggling with food and poverty, Mm -hmm. you know? Let's help those kids. Let's help those people, <laughs> you know. So, I want to. I want to be a part of that. Um, so yeah. I think it's maybe a bias because there is a very. It's a long process, but there is a clearly defined process from the third world countries, and I feel mm-hmm. like it's almost. It's like trying to bend light back in on itself for the United States. Like we just we can easily bring people in and adopt them, but somehow we're in our own way from creating systems that can easily take care of the kids already here. Yes. Yeah. Like yep. Either through hurdles or even just through perspective or even just through PR of opportunities for adoption. Mm-hmm. Like yep. it's just, everybody thinks of international, but then, and maybe it's from the perspective of generally people that can adopt, can afford to adopt. And maybe their perspective is that there aren't as many American kids that need adopting too. They're just in yeah. a different view of the world as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. let's maybe dive into uh, a different chapter. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you've had to work through in your own personal growth that have been holding you back that you've recognized and worked through in the years in the military and the years since the military? Um, so currently what I'm, well, recently and currently what I am, what I am constantly fighting is things and people pulling me away from my family. So what I mean by that is um, I'm already an introvert. And so so it makes it a little easier on me, I guess, that way. But I have developed this, this circle with my family, and I'm very cautious on when, when think when say, hey, let's go do this, let's go do this. I'm like, wait a second is how much time is that going to take away from my family? If it's going to take up too much time, sorry, can't do it. Um, so there's this constant pool of whether it's work, 
whether it's other family members, whether it's just, just busyness. Um, it can even be church. I mm-hmm. found rec- I found that church can sometimes be too much. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you, you work all week and I know, um, depending on, you know, depending on your work week, you don't want to do anything on Saturday, you know, Saturday and Sunday come, you don't want to do nothing, Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so like my fight is trying to have, um, especially with the kids, you know, when they're young, just having more time with them. And so when you, and then when you have family saying, Hey, let's come, you don't visit me enough. You don't do, I'm like, well, I only have so much time with mm-hmm. my kids on the weekends, you know, I only have so much time with my kids after work. Um, and so if, if something's going to pull me away from them, I have to, I have to be cautious about that. Um, that is my, that is my biggest, um, the biggest fight that uh, biggest problem that I have fought, fought with. Um, find it the insecurity related to your dad leaving and being divorced. Like that there's a world where, you struggle with your dad leaving and that you have this connection with you, you leaving as well. And they're like subconsciously linking up. Yeah, I think, um, so one thing about my dad is he taught me, he taught me quality time. Um, when I was with my dad, it was quality time and it was fun. So I try to have, I try to have quality time and I try to make it as fun as possible. As an example, my wife had, a volunteer she volunteers in the kids ministry so she had a training after church i said you know what i'm going to take becca and we're going to go to the coffee shop because i'm not a volunteer for the kids ministry so i was like we're gonna we're gonna go (laughs) and i was like so we went to the cop the near nearby coffee shop and she was so distraught because she left her bracelet in church she had a bracelet that she got from church and she left it so i distracted her with hey let's go see kitty cats um and so we went we went to the coffee shop first and then we went to the nearby nearby animal shelter and saw kitty cats and so that's just one example of when i'm with my kids i want to make mm-hmm. it the most i want to make it um i want to make memories and i want to make it fun and that's something my dad taught me um and i do think because my dad wasn't there a lot uh, especially when i was a teenager um is that I do probably um, like overemphasize the time that I need with my kids, which isn't a bad thing, but because my dad was not there as much as I needed him to yeah. needed him to be. Um, like I, I am over, I overdo yeah, it. You have a little bit of an insecurity there that you compensate yeah. with time, which is in this case a good thing, but if yeah. it's also causing you anxiety in your own life, cause you're, you're never going to measure up to the dad that, got divorced and left your life for a little bit mm-hmm. and you're that's a that's a limit in your life that you're never going to be able to cross but your brain still sets it and it still tries to to balance it and try to manage it because that feeling is still deep inside that it happens still yeah absolutely yeah that's um i think i'm um that is that you know it's always been my dream to be to be a dad and i i think i'm um I'm I'm living that. Um, and when I'm, I, I really, I really enjoy really enjoying this time because I'm, I'm, I'm taking it seriously. And it's something that, uh, I just look back as a kid, you know, dreaming about being here. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I have the opportunity to, 
just just to ta- to spend the time with them, making memories, doing things. And I, I want I want my kids to grow up, and I want my kids to grow up and say, "Man, my dad was my dad was there." I I, I want them to realize when they're older, dad wasn't perfect, but he was there every day. You know, he 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 was present. You know, yeah. you know that that I think that's the most important thing to me right now is being present. You know, it may not every day may not always be fun, but I'm there. You know, mm-hmm. that's something my my dad that wasn't the case with my dad. You know, so yeah, most definitely. Do you ever find and maybe you never had this thought, but uh, as you were talking, I almost was thinking like, do you ever have the feel like someone's going to come by and take it away from you? Um, no, I don't. No, I don't think so. I don't think there's a fear of that. I think um, my constant, my the, th- the thought constantly on my brain is I need to keep moving towards my dream. Mm-hmm. I, 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 th- I just thought of something the other day. I'm a, I'm a regular guy living my dream as a husband and a dad chasing, chasing another dream. And that dream is freedom, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly thinking about that dream so that I can have um, more time with my family, more time with my kids. And I think sometimes that causes um, some anxiety on my part because I'm like, it's not happening yet. I'm not there yet. I want to get there so bad, but it's a process. And I'm running a dad my- process and balancing guilt. Do I work on the dad podcast to help other dads or do I go be dad? Like, that's the right. real life conundrum of that I face on a weekly right. basis of do I right. work on the business to cr- fulfill my dream that helps being a dad and you try not to be someone that uh, doesn't live what he's talking about and at the same right. time you want to try to be a good dad. There's one other thing that I was thinking that I've because me and you I'm sure you're going to say the same thing. I've never had a lack of ideas. I've always just had the lack of clarity and yes. precision to to start running with them. And mm-hmm. when I had this podcast, that's what I loved about it most is I literally could start running on it. I felt crystal clear on it in my heart and my head. But at the same time, there's still a lot of things that I want to do. Like um, I love flying on airplanes. Like if I, if I had unlimited money, I would just fly. Like I would literally, could, I could go from one side of the earth to the other on a monthly basis and it would, I would be in a happy place. Right. But at the same time, I, if I was doing that, I would definitely wouldn't be with my kids. Now I could take them with me, but like even traveling for work, I like traveling for work because I like experiencing new places, but that takes me away from my kids. So I had this right. advice uh, gifted me maybe like a year ago that uh, frame your life in seasons, like the seasons of the weather, that seasons change, but each season requires a different way of thinking and a different planning. Like you have to be different. You don't have much of different seasons. You guys just have cold, a little bit cold and hot. Um, or maybe a little bit warm and, uh, get super hot, but, uh, up here, you literally have to change how you live for the winter and, uh, in the summer. And as those seasons change, your life changes. So I've really framed, like, there's certain ideas that are good ideas. They're just ideas for not yet, because yes. at this season I want to be dad and there will be a time where I'm not cool and they don't want to hang out with me and I can do a lot of other things but that's a different season in my life. So that's mm-hmm. given me a lot of permission to separate what I should be doing or what I shouldn't be doing or what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like even the airplane pilots, one that I kind of got away from me that being, I love planes. I've often thought I wish I would have pursued being a pilot. And I tell people that and they're like, Oh, why aren't you trying to do it now? And I'm like, cause it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of time. And right now I want to be dad. So it's kind of everything I want to do kind of conflicts with that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the other lens that I always reflect when I look back at 50 or 55, what are the things I'm going to really wish I did? I may regret not becoming a pilot, but I will regret more not being there with my kids. Yes, absolutely. So that perspective always helps me. Or even last year, my wife went to China for 10 days as a teacher to to kind of do a teacher exchange. And so I took vacation for that week. And um, I don't know if you've ever done this, but it's an absolutely amazing exercise if you can afford the vacation. But being a single dad with three kids for an entire week, and it was the first week of summer school. So it's like, it's the full routine every morning. It's getting the two old, two older summer school, playing with my youngest while they're at summer school. It was amazing time. I'd go to the gym during that time. And that was 10 days of pure bliss. Now it was hell until Wednesday. So she left on Friday and it wasn't until Wednesday. Like I was like, oh, I, got, I felt like I finally got the training wheels off. Um, <laughs> And I was blogging about it every night on my Facebook post and everybody was finding enjoyment of my dad blog day one, day two, and how I was progressing. I really wasn't holding back all the punches. And, but on the, when it was over, I had like a hangover for two months because that was the 10 days of how I want to live my life. And yes. um, I know when I'm 50, looking back in that week, I will remember that was like the first week where my life started to change because I got a taste of what was in my future. Absolutely. And something that I thought of as you were, you know, you were mentioning finding the balance between um, doing your podcast and being a dad, something you're teaching your kids is doing something that you love to do. You know, they see that like, whoa, dad really loves this and he's doing it, you know, and that's something that that was taught to me as well from um, my stepdad and my dad is do, you know, don't be afraid to go after your dreams. You know, if you love, if you love something, go after it and and do it because it's, um, it just, it, it makes life, it makes life so much better when you're able to do it. When you can get in that flow where you're no longer fighting the resistance of, it's almost like a duality. Like you need an eight to five to exist when you're in these early stages. And I Mm -hmm. fight this every day. And, but at the same time, it's, it's a, it's, it has a path because it, creates pressure for you to create your freedom. But at the mm-hmm. same time, there is a choice. But man, when you get in the flow of you're not like waking up and doing things that you have to do to get by and mm-hmm. you're doing things that you want to do to get by and that create more and more of what you want versus taking away from what you want. Like I'm completely done trading my time with my kids and my life for eight to five money. Like if there was a way that I could snap my fingers and figure it out and do it overnight and replace my income, I would be, there's not a single part of me that's going to miss an eight to five. And that that trading that time is something that more you start drinking this Kool-Aid, the more that uh, you get more and more excited, but at the same time you got a whole nother bucket of emotions of maybe it's not moving as fast as you would like. That's the other, that's so good, man. That's the other aspect of entrepreneurship that I'm trying to teach my kids is if you find something that you love, chase it, you know, be a, be a geek, whatever that is, be a geek about it. You know, my daughter loves airplanes. So at least once a month, I'll take her to the, the flight museum near, a, near our house. And she just, 
I'll buy her, I'll buy her a toy airplane, you know, and just let her be a geek about it because that's something that she loves, you know? So I, I mm-hmm. just, I'm all about, I'm all about that. Absolutely. You know? And I think there's like, I'm sure you've had this too, being in the army. So I stationed in Okinawa for, for three years. And there's not a lot to do on the island. Eventually, you get to a point where you're just taking all the new people to the same places you've already been when you were the new person. Um, God, I had so much free time just playing Xbox, watching reruns of movies, and just watching them over and over and over again. Or even just, like, I was a generator mechanic, so we would literally have generator watch. And we would work our ass off for two to three weeks to set up a base, and then we would literally sit for 24 hours for a week or two going around every hour checking diesel. God, there was so much free time that I wasn't capitalizing on when I didn't have any pressure on my life to succeed. Like literally just show up and you get paid, you get fed. (laughs) All of those things were taken care of. And I blew the biggest chance I had to create freedom and time. And uh, that is the, one of the bigger regrets I have. So even just teaching your kids to be able to capitalize while they're living in your basement, um, (laughs) Even just like when I when I got out, I was all about being an adult, and so I was all about oh, when I got home, I got a job really quickly. That part was easy, and then I was like, okay, I need to get an apartment because I can't live at home. I've already been an adult now, and instead of like oh, I should live at home, save some money back up again, get a good solid footing. No, it was all just about being in a hurry, being in a rush, and not smelling the roses. Like those are things that I'm definitely focusing on or even you're you might like this lesson so my my headquarters is uh, for my work is in the Czech Republic mm-hmm. and they taught me a lesson very quickly that they spend all of their 20s um essentially exploring who they are traveling finding the person that they love learning to love that person for almost a decade in some cases and only in their 30s do they start having kids like they learn how to love life and live life in their 20s and that is something that's missed on Americans and I'm convinced my kids will understand that I don't care if you don't go to college. I want you to figure out you first. That is your priority. But even mm-hmm. before you get to 18, there, as a military dad, we have a life that less than 1% of the United States population has of depth and worldviews and experiences and travel. Like, I want my kids to be outside of their life for a good portion of their life. And I've kind of had this colloquialism that uh, kids can't figure out what they want to do in life just by going to school, like you really need to get them outside of their life. And it's only when you get outside and look upon it that you can really see the other possibilities that you couldn't see while you're standing inside it. Yes, absolutely. I, I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of military guys can relate to your story of watching a lot of movies and playing a lot of Xbox. I just 28, I'm 28 now. And I'm like, Shaston, what were you doing? Like, what, what were That's you That's the doing? sticky note that I would go back and write is like, stop playing Xbox. <laughs> like, what? Like, you started, I started investing in 2016. Why weren't you investing at 19 years old? <laughs> I did the TSP, but I really did. I only did it because it was something that we were told to do. That was about, uh, yeah. And I, um, yeah. You just you just had so much. T- That's the thing about you know being in the art, the art, whatever branch you're in, you just have so much time. And you really uh, don't think you have time. All you think you're in is this suck and being miserable. But yeah. honestly, if you have an entrepreneur mindset in the middle of of deploy any time of active duty, especially if you're single, 
you really have the most perfect opportunity to create something beautiful without a lot of pressure, without a lot of anxiety of being an entrepreneur and really get it right before you transition. Like I could really see myself if I had something going, yeah, I'm going to extend maybe two years because then maybe it's going to be that much bigger and it'll make the land that much easier. Like it's Uh just um, a lot of life lessons that I wish I had learned, but now it's more about trying to change my family trees. So I don't, my yeah. kids don't have to make these. And uh, I love the idea of travel. And that's what I like about airplanes is the adventure. And I love looking up in an airplane and I pull out my phone and I have a tracking app and I can see where it's going, how long it's been in the air, where it came from. I pretty much yeah. know where all the flight paths above me are going. So there's like a 75% chance I can guess where it came from looking at the airplane and the direction it's going. Yeah. Because um, I've looked at the plane so much. Like that part of me, when I look up, I'm like, there's something just free about flying in a direction without a path. And that's what yeah. kind of entrepreneurship is. It, there is an invisible path, but you don't get to see it. You just know that there's a destination you're heading towards and there's no roads. It's all open and you can make a left turn if you need to. So speaking of airplanes, um, I also would like to get my private uh, pilot license one day, but I, I took a small step towards that this year. Um, well, actually, well, for Christmas. My wife said, what do you want for Christmas? I said, a drone. And so I found I found a cheap starter drone on Amazon and I put it in the in the cart or safer later on Amazon. And I was still up in the air about ordering. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to order this thing or not. And then one day we're in the car, we're talking about it. And my wife goes, Oh, too late. I ordered it for you. <laughs> well, this thing arrives, and I'm like, I'm reading about it. And I'm like, oh man, I got to register with the FAA. Are you kidding me? So I do it. It's like five bucks for three years to be an amateur, um, hobby, you know, hobbyist. Mm-hmm. And and I got a, a, a snap. It's called a Snapton. It's just you know a starter drone. Um, man, that thing is fun. But it, it just it starts to teach you like just the basics. Even just the drone. care, like you really like, um, yeah. so I had a drone path as well and I have a drone. I have like a DJ three. So a little older, okay. an older one. It's a bigger, uh, fat white one. So one of the very first like professional ones. Yeah. And I even squirreled. I got a course. I was getting ready to, it was like maybe a year before this podcast idea. Like I was going to be a drone pilot. Like that was going to be my way to freedom. But then nice. I started thinking about it. I talked myself out of it. I like doing it. And my idea was to do like aerial photography of farms instead of like airplanes flying by. You could just do one on demand of taking them to farms. Uh-huh. And you really like, you really have to become a pilot almost because you have to get certified like a pilot. You have to know how to talk to airplane aircraft towers. You got to know how to read aircraft maps for elevation mm-hmm. and different areas that you're in. So, I mean, it's intense stuff that you have to know. And, uh, that I honestly, I don't think it's dead. I just kind of talked myself out of that season and it's still something I play with in the summer and I still, my, I grew up on a family farm, so I still go there and take pictures of the farm and different things. But, uh, I would say if I had, if I was able to be an entrepreneur and I had the, the freedom, it would definitely be something that I started doing more. It was yeah. almost just like, um, the pressure to try to get it going. And then ultimately what we've already talked about I would literally have to be away from my kids on the weekend to go film somewhere. And eventually yeah. I would get annoyed with that. Like yeah. I would be like, this is making money by going taking pictures on a Saturday, but that's not where I am. And the Saturday is the only day I get with my kids. So yeah. 
Yeah. Like there's a, um, and then weather really- and then all that other stuff and winter happens up here. So I mean, you're only making money a couple months out of the year. Yeah. You have to do a lot of preparation. The weather has to be right. You have to do a lot of reading and preparation. Like there's, so because we're near, uh, an airport, a small airport, you know, you're restricted on where you can fly or how high you can fly. And so yep, I was you got to be able to read the elevation map coming into yep. the airport. Yep. Yep. And so technically because we're like right next to the airport, I have to request, I have to request um, permission to fly in my backyard, <laughs> which I haven't done. Um, but then if I go to the local park, like literally like five minutes from us, I can fly a hundred feet um, in the air. Or if I go to the park a little ways uh, down, which is an, in a nicer park, um, the limit is 400 feet. Yeah. Um, but then even if we go to the park, you know, like, um, you know, the kiddos want to play on the playground. Well, I'm over here. What's dad doing? Oh, he's over on that soccer field flying his drone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like dad. Not paying attention with- to us. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the, you really can't like, it's one of those, you really gotta be alone because the kids are going to drive you nuts. So they're going to want to play. It's, it's really great for like, if you were, your kids were out of your house and you were just trying to be a kid again. And I, maybe I was 45. Drones yeah. are perfect because you're by yourself. Yeah. You can just like completely dive in and squirrel it. And yeah. So I'm positive now that we got talking about airplanes that we could go on for another hour. But uh, <laughs> so we to wrap up the episode, I always ask one, every dad before we wrap up, what is one parting piece of advice that you want other military dads to hear that would help them come home today? Um, your time. Do um make as much make as many memories as possible um so i mean not every weekend not necessarily do things because you need to rest but create memories um i feel like that's the most important thing um and teach your kids um to dream um that was taught to me so that's what i want to teach my kids is dream if you have a dream um pursue it and the other thing is the time with your kids be present um, don't worry about don't worry about being a perfect dad be present i didn't mention this when we, when you mentioned the first time but uh, when i first started one of my cornerstones that was kind of like my cornerstone question was reminding every dad that kids spell love t-i-m-e and mm-hmm. we'd call them time bombs that because these are the mechanisms that they measure your love and you could be you could you could yell at your kids in the worst way but if you spend 15 minutes with them that day they would remember the 15 minutes versus the yelling that you did with them. Like that's how they measure that you love them is spending time with them. Absolutely. My daughter, my daughter's gotten used to me apologizing if I yell and she goes, she goes, daddy, are you sorry? I was like, yes, baby, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But I really, you know, she's gotten to a place where she's, she knows that dad's not perfect. You know, I'm human. I'm I'm dad, but I'm still human. Yep. (laughs) You know, well, I love that parting piece of advice because it's at the cornerstone of being a military dad. And one of the easiest steps any military dad can take to come home is just enter their kid's imagination and do something with them for 10 minutes. Yes, absolutely. Well, Shaston, I really enjoyed this podcast and I am positive based on our conversation, we are going to become best friends because we're pretty much just living in different states, but we're uh, brothers already. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast tonight and sharing your story with us. 
Thank you. I, I pictured stepbrothers, the stepbrothers scene. <laughs> I've seen I've seen that meme a couple times recently too. Thank you, Vin. I really appreciate it. That's a wrap. And thank you for listening to today's show. And I really hope you enjoyed it. The lifeblood of any new podcast are the reviews. If you haven't reviewed the podcast yet in iTunes, I would really appreciate it. And you will help us get the message out to even more military veteran dads. As John Maxwell says, if there is hope in the future, there is power in the present. Dads, it's time to come home.